Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I have my wonderful co-host and friend of over (laughs) years, Juanita Wooden-Racco. Welcome, Juanita. Thank you, Kim. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. (laughs) Yes, it is. We are finally seeing signs of spring. Mm -hmm. And uh, with everything else that's been happening in the world during this time, any sunshine just makes the day a little bit easier to handle. Absolutely. So today, we're going to talk about a question that I get asked all the time. And that's, how do you use your signature book to build your business? And so we are going to cover three key areas today. First, you can use your book for lead generation. You can use it for positioning. And third, you can use it to open doors to speak. So we're going to look at each one of those. But just before we get into that, I want to just talk about the fact that having a book does make that difference. And one of the things I want to cover is most clients, when they come to me, they come to me and they think they're going to make money or they're going to build a business by selling books. Feel the dreams. Feel the dreams. So if you're not familiar with the movie, I think it was, what, 1980s, early 90s, somewhere uh-huh. in there? Yeah. Anyway, we won't go into the whole kitten caboodle, but a gentleman mows down his cornfield, builds a baseball diamond, and basically goes bankrupt and then at the end of the movie people just magically appear hundreds and hundreds of people appear to come to his baseball diamond and watch the baseball games and he's finance he financially recovers and everything is good and and people show up magically out of the blue mm-hmm. that's not going to happen with your book <laughs> and if If you're going into this thinking that that's the main way that you're going to use your book is by sales, you are going to be very disappointed and you're going to end up with a box of books in your garage that are going to sit there and never be used. So please, it's not that you don't make some money from your book sales. If you're, if you're, 
you know, if you're getting sales on Amazon, you know, if you are selling your book, yes, you are going to make a little bit of money. So it's not that you don't make any money, but you're not going to have thousands and thousands of dollars rolling in. You know, if you're not actively promoting and marketing your book, even on Amazon, you know, if you ramp things up and you let it go, it'll go for a while. You know, you'll probably make maybe $5, maybe $10 a month, every two months on your book. That's just the truth. If you're not marketing it and getting it out there and doing all those things and basically becoming a publisher and the people who make a ton of money on Amazon also don't just have one book either. They've got series of books. You know, they've got 10 to 50 to 100 books. They become a true publisher. And the reason they make so much money is because, you know, if each book is making 10 and you have 100. It's like my granddad used to say, if you throw enough mud at the wall, some of it's bound to stick. <laughs> exactly. You know, so if you're if you're publishing a lot of books you are going to have the ones that sell well, and then you're going to have everything else that sells a little bit. And when you combine that all together, you're making money uh, selling books. So I wanted to get that out of the way before we got into the three ways. But just before I do, Juanita, do you have any thoughts that you want to share before we get into the three points? Well, that, like we said, it's there's no free lunch. There are so many exciting ads that you see sort of bookending YouTube video where it's like, ask me how I got this beautiful mansion with the swimming pool. And every morning I wake up and my personal chef has created a fluffy egg white omelet for me. And my masseuse is waiting to flex my toes for me once I finish talking. And they're always talking about how you're making money in your sleep, this personal income stream, this second source of revenue that is magically coming to you without actually you doing anything. Yes, and that's not true. really delicious, and that's it. It's and it only costs you two hundred and ninety-seven or nine hundred and ninety-seven dollars to learn this system. Investment is that in the grand scheme of things, when you could have a mansion and a personal chef and a blah blah blah. And <laughs> there's the call now. Peggy <laughs> <laughs> on lock. Oh. <laughs> We do, we are joking. And yes, the phone is ringing in the background. And the point is, is that your book becomes a tool. It's not a magic gateway. It's a tool that you have to use and you have to use often if you want it to produce results for your business. So we're going to talk about three of those ways that you use your book. So the first way is your book can become an amazing lead generation tool, both offline and online. So offline, 
you can actually, when you are at events, conferences, networking meetings, and yes, by the time you're hearing this, this is being recorded in April and you will probably hear at the beginning of May, at least in North America, we will probably still be on lockdown. So the offline might not happen for a bit, but it will happen again. And so when you use your book as a lead generation tool, it's amazing what it does for you. So when you offer to give your book away to people, now, that being said, you must always pre-qualify people that you give your book to because you are have an expense in having that book printed. And I highly recommend that you mail the book to the person because you want their name, their address, their phone number, their email, you know, all that pertinent information. That's how they become a lead. Mm-hmm. You know, handing somebody a book and hoping they contact you is not generating lead. That's just wasting a lot of money. But if you get that information and you mail them the book, not only have you generated the lead, but now you have a reason to call them and start a conversation with them. And if you are in business in any way, shape, or form, you know, technology is great. I was on a, a really great, I'm, I'm part of a guru group, and, it, you know, we get a lot of really great training. And one of the things they ta- the, the teacher was talking about was technology is great for, you know, creating a prospect or basic lead generation or getting people interested in your brand. But, and, you know, if you're selling low $7 products, Okay, but you have to sell a lot of $7 products to make money, especially after you pay all the software each month that you have to use to sell this $7 product. Um, you know, technology can do that. But if, if you're selling higher end products and services, technology is only the introduction. It has to go to a phone call, a face-to-face. You, ha- you have to sell. Yes, Juanita, I said the S word. (laughs) That dreaded S word, sell. No matter what business you're in, and whether you're an entrepreneur, professional, or a coach, if you want to earn money, you have to sell something. But you say, I just want to help people. Well, that's great. And you can help lots of people. But if you need to make money doing this, then you have to learn how to sell. Either that you are either you either have a hobby or you're a charity, mm-hmm. which is fine. If you want to have a hobby, you want to have a charity, <laughs> I have no problems with that. But if you need to make money, then you have to learn how to sell. But when you use your book as a lead generation tool, it makes that selling process easier. And one of the main reasons is, is that once that person has that book, it may take time. But when that person reads the book, if they're your target market, they will take action on it. 
if you've written a good, valuable book with some natural sounding marketing messages and call to actions, and you've solved their problem and you've created relationship with you, they are going to connect with you. And in a sense, that, that lead generation tool also becomes your sales tool. And then when you're also reaching out to this person while they're reading the book, they're seeing you as that credible expert. And when you ask them questions and get to know them and develop that relationship, that professional sales relationship with them, that leads to them using your products and services. But again, it, it has to come down to person to person. You know, you can't expect technology to do everything and you can't expect the book to do everything. The book makes you look good, but you still have to make the offer. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, Juanita? Yes, the, the book is, should be a physical presentation you can give someone and it's reinforcing your own personal integrity if you don't have integrity in the first place then that's a doorstop it's it's really the big thing for me if I want to buy from anyone I want to buy from someone that I like have you ever bought from something from someone you didn't like (sighs) uh I have yeah, and it just too. leaves a nasty taste in my mouth. And the, in one particular instance, I, I will never forget it. So it was the, the money I paid for the item was negligible compared to the lesson that I got and that you are only as good as your word. Yes. And in this case, you actually have some physical words mm. to to back it up and but if you don't have that that own personal side of it then your clients your customers your these leads that are being generated will see the disconnect they'll be able to tell my experiment experience that i'm thinking of i was in a retail store it was a gift store and the salesman came up to me and he's like, well, hi, I haven't seen you in forever. I'm so glad you're here today. And I'm thinking, where do I know him from? Is it? And he had me off guard and off balance thinking I must've known him from somewhere and I've forgotten his name. And I felt, was it here in Midland? (laughs) No, no. Oh, so it wasn't a, a Winita Kim mix-up day? It, it was not. It was um, years ago in, um, in uh, Sherway Gardens. Ah. <laughs> a gift store in Sherway Gardens. That's in and, Toronto, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was there to buy a gift for either my sister or my mother. And it was... Um, the kind of store that sells like mugs and little figurines and tchotchkes of assorted sizes. And this guy pointed me in the direction of a probably 
I think I ended up spending about $30 when I was planning on spending 15 because I I felt a little uncomfortable and but I thought well all right I guess <laughs> and so at the end of the exchange he I said okay I I give up I I can't remember where I know you from it's like we've never met before and I just like being friendly to people I felt no, so you just stupid. like manipulating people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a yucky story? Like, and, and for what? He sold his integrity for a $30. I can't even remember. Yeah. Your integrity is worth more than 30 bucks worth a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars, right? It's priceless. You, you can be friendly without pretending to know somebody. Yeah, it was a very odd experience. You know, I've had stores where I've gone into where, you know, this the staff were incredible. Um, you know, these last few weeks, um, grocery shopping has become very interesting. Uh, and a, a very long, tedious process that I'm not particularly enjoying right now. Um, it took me... 10 to 15 minutes just to get into the store because they're limiting a number of people. Now, don't get me wrong. Everything I'm about to say, I am very thankful and grateful for because they are doing their absolute utmost to do social distancing, to provide a safe environment so I can buy my food. Mm -hmm. But it's just making the process so long. But when I'm in that, when I was in the store today, you know what? The staff were friendly. They were professional. They were telling you what to do. There was no question about it. Like they're, they're directing you. So they're doing their job, but they were doing it with a smile on their face. And they thanked me for, for being patient. And they thanked me for, you know, uh, supporting their store. I mean, it's, it's, it's where I shop all the time. They all know me, right? But I watched them with everybody and they were very friendly and upbeat. And even though they had to direct people and tell them what to do and some people weren't liking it, they weren't letting it get to them. And, you know, that's good friendly service that makes you want to go back to that store again. It's the kind of thing where I'm personally am willing to pay uh, a slightly higher price. I'm not going to sh search for price if I can get service. As one of my friends put it, there's there's three things in business. You can have great price, um, low price, uh, superior quality, and great service. There's three things, mm -hmm. and you can only have two of them. It doesn't matter which two. <laughs> two you ask for but you can't have all three yes you can either have low price and good service you'll have poor quality yeah you have good quality low price the service won't be there the, something's got to give right so here's here and what you said just really triggered something in me and this is totally completely off topic but 
once you hear it, Juanita, I think you're going to so agree with me. She's right. You can only have two out of the three. But if you're trying to compete in your business on price, you will lose every single time. As an entrepreneur and small business owner, you can never compete on price because there's big corporations that can get things a whole lot cheaper than you can. So don't even try. Don't be afraid to charge reasonable prices for your services. Now, reasonable price might be 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 5,000 bucks, 10,000 bucks. A reasonable price is a reasonable price, but what makes it reasonable, and Juanita nailed it on the head, is the value that you give and the quality of the service that you give with it. Mm -hmm. And if you make the value high enough and the quality of your service excellent, people will pay you those prices. Yeah, it's, it's so true, Kim, the... You have to know your own worth yes, and the value of what you're offering to your clients. And, and I find, I found that it's better to price yourself a little high. And then if you need to adjust down, it's a much more uncomfortable position to be, you know, at your lowest point. And then have your client say, well, Schmallmart has this for $20 less. And, you know, at that point, it's like, I might as well be giving it to you at cost, (laughs) you know? Exactly. Anyway, I kind of pulled us a little bit away from the question about lead generating tools and other thoughts. About. I, I think it was good though. Oh, it was good. <laughs> you know, it it it's not. It wasn't on theme, but I think it was a really important point. But we will get back to theme because we've got about ten minutes left, and we have two more points to cover. Yeah. So, point number two is positioning, and this one here is probably the hardest to describe in terms of return on investment. Because when you use a book to position you as a credible expert, you can't say, I gave out so many books and I got back so much in business. Okay, when you're using it as a lead generation tool, over time, you can track a lot of things. You can track out how many books you're giving out. You can track up how many follow-up calls you're, you're making. You can track how many sales you're getting from those calls. You can track what's working, what's not working. You know, you can track all those things and make those incremental improvements so that, you know, you're getting a good ROI, a direct ROI on the money that you've spent to print and ship the book. But when you're looking at positioning, it's not really an ROI that shows up in cash value. But what it does is when you become an author, you are automatically seen as that credible expert. So when people are choosing someone to work with, they are more likely to work with you because you've written that signature book than someone who hasn't. And I have seen cases where 
young people, let's say 20, 25 years old, brand new, not a ton of experience, have written books and have made more money and more sales from the positioning of that book than someone with 25 years experience. I've seen it in networking meetings where someone with 25 years experience who is not an author gets ignored while the young person with the book gets all the accolades. Yeah. Is it fair? No. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not a meritocracy. We know that. But uh, so when you, sorry, I was going to say that one of the things as ROI goes, it's maybe hard to quantify, but what I really feel it does being positioned as an expert helps build your brand. Yes. It's, I think about how if you were, if you were a teacher, if you were a lawyer, if you were in the medical profession, what, whatever uh, aspect, however you want, you need to be part of an association. You need to be improving your skills continually mm-hmm. to maintain your standing in the profession. Promoting your book, doing research for your book, uh, being building your brand is part of your job as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur really if you can't build your brand mm-hmm. then why do you uh think that people would invest in you you're then you're just you're just a merchant i i don't want to say it like that uh, but you're just selling something versus you're you just know, a light bulb in the box in the bin <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You might as it, it's a fancy garage sale. Yeah. And and here's the thing too, especially like if you work, you know, if your position is something like a real estate or a financial advisor or something like that, where you actually may work for a bigger brand, it's even all the more important to brand yourself. And this is something that I taught when I was in network marketing is if you want to become one of the big leaders in network marketing, you do not use your company branding. You create your own brand. You stand out, and then you introduce the company as the tool that helped you get there. Mm -hmm. But you brand you. You don't use the branding that your company gave you. I'm, I'm thinking of a local real estate agent I I really don't know a lot about her. Her name is Teresa Shell. She, from what I've seen of her ads, they're all, she's just got a little cartoon version and she's like a, a tornado and she's called Call Super Team. <laughs> for, and she's, you know, like blown into town and she'll do, Super Team is going to sell your house. Um, <laughs> she. So there you go. Um, the she always had a little advertorial, a little um, story too. There'd there'd be question about your house. Super T's got the answer. That was um, yeah, that ran in our local paper for years, and I was kind of went, huh? What's this cartoon? Oh, it's something. 
and I have not done business with her, so you're welcome for this um, <laughs> paid promotion, Super D. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to mention some of the real estate agents that I do work with at the end of this podcast now. Um, it's She's so well-branded mm-hmm. that the I have the association in my yeah. head. It's like you've only got room for so many um brands and you ha- if i were to say what are two cola brands that you can think of coke pepsi <laughs> can you name a third ah ha, ha, ha. tick 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 ding well there's lots of no name brands but there's no na- rc cola is um mm-hmm. a very distant third but but the point is um and most people will say Coke first, then Pepsi. Yes, exactly. Depending on your um, geographic location. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you're in Quebec, then it's Pepsi first. But again, I'm taking us all. We're off to see the wizard, Kim. Uh- <laughs> yes and no. But I think you bring up like a really good point is, you know, part of that positioning and branding is you becoming that well-known authority. Yeah. And yes, we're talking about product examples, but the same thing applies. You know, if I say just do it, you know the word that's going through your brain right now. Mm-hmm. So you want to build your brand as such that, you know, when people see your book, they automatically assume it with you. When they see you, they think of your book. You want it such that your book becomes part of that branding that you use to build your business and that you become known by. And so one of the things we've been doing in in RTI Publishing is I spent the last year figuring out, I don't have it all figured out yet, okay? I'm not a branding expert. I'm really good at positioning and still learning branding. But, you know, we've come up with our positioning and our positioning is is we take you to being an author and then from author to authority so that's the name of this podcast that's the name of the book that I'm writing right now which I'm really hoping to have out to you guys this year because it's been on my heart for a long time and that's going to be our branding that's what we're going to become known as taking people to author and then to authority so you want to think about that too with your book and and the value of the positioning and the branding that your book um, helps you with. And we'll just mention quickly, you'll see here back behind me selling from the heart. And that's Larry Levine. And we've mentioned a few times here on the podcast. And that's because he has now become known for selling from the heart. He has the Selling from the Heart book, the Selling from the Heart podcast. You know, he does Facebook Lives that are selling from the heart. He's -hmm. become known for that brand and that positioning. And it has served him incredibly well. And it has led to actually point three, which we've got about two or three minutes for. So go over this really quickly. Point three is when you have a book, it opens up the door for you to speak on stages, podcast events, conferences, and there's one more that I'll let Juanita explain to you. <laughs> but when, you, when you're an author, 
what are the requirements? So you can get on many small stages without being an author. But if you want to get on any type of bigger stage, the bigger podcast, events, all those kinds of things, TV, TV, radio, all that stuff, you have to be an author. It's almost a prerequisite. So my feeling is, is, you know, get the book done now as opposed to when you're trying to get on these things and then you're trying to put the book together at the same time and you're delayed six months to a year because you don't have that prerequisite. You know, it's kind of like in high school, you know, the guidance counselor goes, okay, I know you don't really want to take this in grade nine, but you really have to take this in grade nine because you want to take this in grade 12. Yep. You know, you have to have that prerequisite. So, you know, get, get it done. And I'll let Winita talk about the other area that books open up a door to. Thanks, Kim. The, uh, your book, Being an Author to Authority, is foundational. Mm-hmm. You don't, you got to start a house with a basement. Mm-hmm. And the place that a lot of people don't realize is such a great opportunity is service clubs. Hmm. Rotary clubs, Lions, Probus, they are looking for speakers. Your uh, local business associations, um, there's a few even in a smaller center like Midland. Yeah, I got um, to speak at one in September. Mm-hmm. The uh, And if you can find one that dovetails with your pet topic, even better. But if they don't, if you go, well, I'm not... Um, I don't do what lions do. Lions go in and they do dental screening at schools. They do a lot more than that, but that's one thing. And what all of these clubs do, their service, they want to help the community. Mm. You live in a community. And if you live there, <laughs> it's just like, like a home. If you live there, then you should help clean up. You should help engage and benefit your your community and what better way than to build your business and share your knowledge and give back something to the community mm-hmm. people want to work with people they like who do you like someone who's proven that they care too and this is a great place where you can show how you care you might need to tailor your topic that you're speaking on or share, share your story. Share it. Ob- absolutely. Your story is always going to connect with people because everybody has faced challenges at some point in their life. And they're going to really, it'll resonate with them mm-hmm. if you share that in a, if you present that in a vulnerable way with a message of hope. Mm-hmm. And with a vision for what you want to get from this. Like, it's not just, well, this happened and I didn't really learn from it. And now I'm sitting on the couch eating a bag of chips. <laughs> Those are my plans for later this evening, maybe. But 
Yeah, I'm hoping maybe to get an hour this evening after I get the work done. <laughs> another thing too that's great about service clubs is is that if you're new to speaking, most of these service clubs are smaller groups of people. So you're not speaking to a huge group of people. They'll probably be people that you know in the audience, which will make you feel more comfortable. And it gives you a really great opportunity to practice your speeches and get feedback. You know, so feedback comes in many ways. Feedback, uh, part of that is watching how the audience reacts to what you're saying. You know, feedback could come from the uh, service club leader because he will have had many people in to speak. So he can give you feedback on how your speech did. You know, you can bring a friend or two or, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways of getting feedback from your speech. So service clubs are a great way for you to give back, a great way for you to practice your speeches, and also get used to just speaking in front of groups of people to begin with. And they're going to probably be a little more receptive than, if I can say that, not that um, there isn't that barrier of, Mm. oh, are they trying to sell me something? That, that you know we all do it we're like well this had better be good kind of feeling that you get at um some conferences where at, at a conference where you're going yeah they're just here to sell a book well no well I'm here to tell you my story and maybe what I'm sharing with you is going to mean something to you and give you a place a launching pad to take you on your journey exactly That's what we want to see happen. So we are out of time, my friend. Oh, we can still go on. Okay. One last thing. Steve Jupp is a great real estate agent, and I am so glad that he sold us this house. (laughs) In the uh, Simcoe County area, Stephen Jupp is a great guy to call. (laughs) Are you going to tell him you mentioned him on the podcast? I sure am. Get him to download a couple times. And he's oh yes, with Remax. He's a he's he's on on Canada Day, he's the head of the um precision briefcase drill team. That oh. is one of my favorite parts of the Canada Day parade. The uh the Shriners with their funny little cars that they go around in and the Remax uh real estate agents all have briefcases and they slap their briefcases like they're drunk bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum, kind of thing and they hold them up over their head and they dance around and it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so there you go the three ways to use your book to build your business lead generation positioning and opening doors to speak. So this has been Juanita Witten Radko and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. Just for being here, I'd like to invite you to download your free copy of Power Words, Attract High-Paying Clients and Customers. In this book, I show you how you can easily double your business by using engaging language that attracts the right client to you and positions you as someone they want to work with. Get your free ebook at www.powerwords.pro forward slash free book. That's www.powerwords.pro 
forward slash free book. Go there now, and I look forward to seeing you on the very next episode of Author to Authority. <laughs>